Hello everyone and welcome to the 71st episode of Career Podcast. Today I'm joined with Dana Utlan. She's an illustrator and graphic designer from Manila, Philippines. And with that out of the way, could you please give us a little introduction on how you got into visual arts and design? Right. Um, first of all, thank you so much, Ramtin, for having me in this podcast. So, like you said, I'm Diana Lang. I'm an illustrator and graphic designer in the Philippines. And uh, I first started in art, you know, like way, 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 way back. When I was really, really young, I liked to draw a lot. I've never really given it serious thought yet. All I know is that um, I just really want to do something with my hands, you know, as a kid. And that thing just happened to be drawing. So I used to be, I used to draw a lot. And then when I uh, came into high school, you know, your usual teenager got into so many interests like comic books, uh, anime, movies and stuff. And, you know, that got me into drawing more and that got me to, you know, take it more seriously. And uh, I think that was the only thing that I think I could be good at. <laughs> and so when I was in high school, I would join a lot of this um, painting competitions, poster making and all of that. And I would actually yield results. And so it was only a natural thing for me. You know, like when I got into university, I chose fine arts as my major. And then, so yeah. Basically, it's very streamlined all the way back. I'm just, you know, uh, my whole life is probably art related. <laughs> all right. And were you originally studying art and design or you were pursuing another career path? I mean, you already mentioned that, you know, art was something that since you were like really young, you knew yeah. you were like pursuing. But, you know, sometimes that's uh, like the same situation for a lot of people. But when they grow up, for example, because of family or society or, you know, all of that they think oh maybe i should you know go to another and maybe i should become an engineer or doctor or whatever no was it the same for you or how was it yeah so i did take fine arts in university but it wasn't you know i was into painting you know prior university i really was into painting but i i had to take a specific i had to uh, join this, this specific department which is uh, visual communication. So that wasn't about painting. It wasn't about sculpture. It wasn't all about that traditional stuff. It was something more on the multimedia advertising stuff, which I didn't like. (laughs) But I had to take it because, you know, from an Asian household, you can understand that your parents are going to be like very restrictive. Oh, are you going to get money from that? You know, there's not, you know, Art is not really a practical um, career path, no. So uh, I was supposed to take architecture, but uh, with much discussion with my parents, the common ground that we agreed on is, okay, you can go pursue your art thing, but no painting, you know, do do advertising stuff, do marketing stuff. So I, I had to take that um, that major. And right after graduating, which was just two years ago, so my first job, I landed a job in the advertising, in an advertising agency. So it was very corporate. Um, It was a totally different thing from what I'm doing now. Uh, I used to work a lot on, you know, campaigns, social media, digital marketing stuff, you know, totally different thing. And... um, I wasn't really quite good at it. At the same time, I didn't really like it that much. So 
yeah, uh, I quit after a few months, around a year, and tried to make, tried to, you know, build a career from scratch as an illustrator because, you know, from the very beginning, that's really something that I've always wanted to do. <laughs> awesome. I mean, by the way, your story is kind of similar to mine and a lot of people I heard about that. When you said that you had to come to a like a middle ground with your parents that, all right, I'm just going to go study graphic design. Yeah. Like, that's a... That's how a lot of us would come, you know, to turn with our parents or, you know, to, yeah, want to pursue yeah. art. And, and actually, I'm from, like, by the way, technically, I, Iran is an Asian country, right? Middle East, yeah. Middle East is from Asia. But yeah. when people say Asian yeah. country, they think of East Asia, you know, normally. <laughs> but the thing is that it's the same in Iran and Middle East as well. Like, you know, parents want you to become lawyers, you know doctors engineers art isn't an option and for the longest time by the way i always loved art but i've never for a second considered it as an option for my future because i was like it's yes. a hobby you know you can't make yes. money after that you should go to that engineer fucking doctor whatever it is you want to study then at at the side hobby you can pursue art because i i always thought it was like exactly. that and and it's all because exactly. of like and, uh, what society oh, sorry Go on, go on, sorry. Yeah, I understand what you're saying about Middle East countries because I actually grew up in Saudi Arabia. My parents used to work there, and so that's where I actually grew up. Like the first 15 years of my life, I spent it in Saudi Arabia, and there wasn't any art there at all. Like yes. I didn't really have anyone to look up to. There wasn't uh, an art industry, or maybe you know nothing that I am quite aware of. I, I see it more here in the Philippines, and it's not even supported that much. But in the Middle East, yeah, my parents were engineers. Yeah, my par- my dad was an engineer. My mom was a teacher. That's why they were able to find jobs in the Middle East. But I don't really know anyone who was an artist there. So all the more that it was harder to convince them that, you know, when I told them, yeah. Ma, Ma, I want to be an artist. And they're like, why? <laughs> So right now you can speak three languages, right? I, I can't speak. I can't speak Arabic. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, because uh, I I studied in the Philippine school, so it was all the same. Uh, I wasn't yeah, it's around. The same thing, yeah. With a lot of people yeah. who have their parents abroad in Dubai, like there's a lot of people like their parents are like you, are engineers or teachers or something, and they live in Dubai and they go to school there is English school. Oh, interesting. Yes. And. Um, all right, let's move on to the next question. Um, what is your main branch of design that you're focusing on? And tell us about your experience from the start of it until now. Okay, so I did start on social media. And while I didn't actually like it that much, uh, it's actually quite helpful to me now. I still do it. I still have like a part-time day job and I still do social media, but not under an ad agency anymore. Uh, it's for an art gallery, so it's kind of like um, uh, the sweet spot between traditional art and graphic design because I do graphic design for an art gallery. So um, I do social media, I do branding and packaging design, and I do illustrations. But let's be honest, it doesn't really do it doesn't really make a lot of money. So I treat that more of as as a side gig or more of my personal um, 
creative pursuits. But I do, my favorite projects are the kind that marry digital uh, graphic design and illustration together. And that I apply it a lot on packaging. You know, I'd like to talk about my recent project, which was for a wine brand, for example. It was a wine brand, and they tasked me to, do, to design the packaging for them. So, okay, it's good and all. But I like how they allowed me to draw, you know, to, to apply illustrations, the packaging design. So I was still able to do something that I really liked, but at the same time, it was still on uh, graphic design. So, yeah, those, that's my favorite kind of project. <laughs> All right. And how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a design project? Like, what steps, like, what are those, what are those steps you usually look for you? Mm. Uh, I would say that the execution part is quite really fast. What takes a lot of time for me is conceptualization. So once I get the brief from a client, uh, I would probably spend a lot of time just looking at, uh, I call it pegs, I call it pegs, references. I would spend a lot of time just browsing in Behance, Dribbble, Pinterest, those three are my best friends. And I'm not saying this, you know, like as a tip for everyone out there listening, never copy someone else's work, but it's really good to, you know, look at a lot of things in just a lot of content and take a little bit of everything that you like that would fit the brief. So I spend a lot of time doing research. And then once I have everything together, once I've collected, you know, all the tiny bits of info that I like, I would then proceed to um, applying it onto the design. All right. And well, in this section, I actually wanted to talk about some of your works that, you, that you've done. I mean, I looked through some of your stuff on your website and your Instagram. And first of all, like one of the things that first and foremost I want to talk about is the craziness of your color palace. And, by craziness, I mean wait, wait, don't get me wrong. By craziness, I mean craziness in a, in a good way, interesting way, you know, not yes. not the not the bad one. Could you please yeah, tell me, I get like, what, you mean. what was the <laughs> origin you. of? Just give me a, how do you get inspiration for color palettes? Like because I'm genuinely interested. From the color palette. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think this was something that I just developed recently, but. I, re- I just realized that this may have come from way, way back when I was painting, you know, when I was just really young as a teenager. So I used to take painting classes for a bit when I was young. And my teacher at that time, he gave me this bit of advice that has always stuck to me through these years, which was, you should never use black. <laughs> he told me that never use black. And this was on, I understand that this applies on acrylic. I used to do a lot of acrylics and oils before. And it, he's quite right. You know, black is such a very um, dull and intense color. So he told me that, you know, instead of shading using grays, start shading using purples. Or instead of using white as your highlight, start using yellows as your highlight. So it's kind of like that. Um, instead of using whites and blacks, start using colors. So it was that from the... It's a very um, acrylic... Uh, type of thing but that always has stuck to me and I think I was able to um, apply that to digital painting 
And so up until now, I've never really actually used pure black or pure white. I always like using um, different colors to highlight and shade. And yeah, as time goes on, I think it just got crazier and crazier. <laughs> and I took color theory quite seriously. And I would explore different kind of color palettes until I found some safe color palettes that I actually like. For example, I've been for a while I've been known to use purple orange a lot. For a time I've only stuck with purple orange. And then yeah, as time goes by, uh, I got to explore more and like you said, it just got crazier and crazier until it I guess became a style, kind of a style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean especially the color orange, you've really grown how to use it and combine it with other colors, like it really shows. Like the orange sits really well in your pieces. And like, yeah. Like the one piece that really took my eye was the, I think your third piece from, you know, the the, the second last piece you uploaded. It's the caption is San Telmo on speed dial. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. Thank yeah, you. Could you talk about that? Yes. Um, okay, funny thing that you mentioned that because that was actually uh, a fan art of um, existing local comic series, the Filipino comics. It's called Trese. And the reason why I made that fan art because uh, it just got on Netflix uh, two days ago. Yes. And it's quite a milestone. It's making a lot of noise in social media right now in the Philippines because... Uh, we don't really get a lot of representation on like you know platforms like Netflix, but then for the first time, or maybe not the first time, but like it's the first few shows that we actually you know got to convert a local book, a local comic, into an animation adaptation in a platform like Netflix, and so it's you know it's it's a low budget um, film. But it meant a lot of it meant a lot for us Filipinos because we you know we were finally able to put out work like that out there, and so yeah, as a celebration, I did. You know, I was a fan of that comics, so as a celebration, I did my fan art and I made that Santal Motrese thing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, and I think it's really important to. I mean, not to sound too cliche that there should be like more representation of different cultures and not necessarily because the trend that's usually is being taken by, you know, companies and corporations or, oh, how, how do we represent the culture or certain demographic more? We're just going to turn Superman or Spider-Man, that's race or whatever, you know, non-original <laughs> ideas like that, which yes. is kind of cringe. Yeah. So, I mean, every single yeah, culture has a has a vast amount of literature and mythology that you can get inspiration from to, you know, make, you know, content, characters, the stories, everything, you know? But yeah, oh, don't worry, Hulk is Korean in this universe. No, just make it the original character, you know? For example. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And all right, the next question is, have you ever used your dreams as inspirations for your works or have you gotten inspirations from your dreams in general? Okay. Um, well, you would see from my work that it's quite, you know, surreal. I, I do try to make it very surreal, very dreamlike, 
kind of psychedelic and trippy, but I wouldn't say that I've actually uh, used an actual dream for artwork, mainly because I don't really remember much of my dreams. But uh, I wouldn't know if this would count, but I guess I take more inspiration from actual conversations rather than dreams. Like exactly what is that? Could you explain? Mm, you know, okay. So the thing is, I take inspiration for my works. I take inspiration from you know rather than dreams, I take inspiration from content that I consume. So like movies, music, um, even books, and I like talking about that with friends. You know, we discuss we discuss about a specific show or a specific book, and then from that conversation. I would suddenly like, oh, this is actually a good concept. I should draw something about this thing. So yeah, that's how my concepts are born. I just think that dreams are very abstract to pull a concept from, but with actual conversations, yeah, it's it's more plausible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I started to actually ask this question like recently. Like, I haven't asked this question from a lot of artists, but because I think dreams are such a fascinating subject, and sometimes, I mean, there are like many different types of dreams, but there's a certain types of dreams that it doesn't necessarily mean anything. They're abstract, but they're extremely detailed and just seems so long and it's kind of like your brain makes this a story like abstract story in your head to just entertain you you know when you're sleeping you know yeah. those kind of dreams and i had a lot of those well and... now that we're talking about it i do have an idea <laughs> oh by the way if you yeah if you're interested you can share with us okay so now that we're talking about dreams i don't really remember much of my dreams but i do have like a recurring one which is, and it's, it's quite common. You can, search it up. you can search it up in the net. And I'm surprised that I'm getting this. But I think this has happened to me three times already. I always dream about, dream about my teeth falling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the reason for, actually, I had that dream once, which was super realistic. I think once or twice. And usually dreams, by the way, I love when the podcast segues into other subjects because, you know, you get to learn other stuff. And, yes. But basically dreams about like your teeth falling out, your teeth decaying, breaking, you know, all of that. It's it's kind of a subconscious representation that you lost your, you fear or you already lost something that is super valuable to you. And you feel vulnerable because of that. And your teeth falling out is kind of a representation of that, you know. That's how your brain, you know, subconscious gets that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I do get it because I did try looking it up because it started getting creepy by the third time oh. that I dreamt about it. <laughs> yeah, some, maybe... And yeah, like yeah. I said, conversations. Yeah. Now I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes your brain is not your friend, you know? It's just trying to mess with, with you, you know? Not yes. always this thing in your skull is your friend. It's just annoying, you know? Yeah, I and, get what you mean. Yeah. Alright, so who are your favorite artists and designers that have inspired you the most? Um, okay, so I'm going to mention probably some local artists because when I first started out my Instagram, uh, when I first started out my Instagram, that was when I quit my job and I started drawing again. So before I actually started putting out work, 
like I told you, I would like look at a lot of references first, a lot of pegs, a lot of artists that I like, and a lot of them are actually um, local artists. So uh, there's this guy, his name on Instagram is Jappy Lemon, and I think he was one of the artists that influenced my colorful works because his works are quite colorful as well because he did a lot of um, street art. So that was a uh, one of the few. I don't do street art, but that was one of the few inspirations of my work. That's why it turned out the way that it is right now. And for something that's not local, for someone that's not local, I've always liked this artist uh, Mobius, if you've ever heard of him. He's a French artist, and he, a lot of his work is a lot uh, uh, is reminiscent of you know uh, vintage sci-fi kind of works. So that's. I guess that's how I got the surrealism theme. All right, awesome. And well, what is the main subject of your artworks and what made them interesting to you? I mean, we've already talked about a couple of them, but just in general. Okay, well, I would say that the kind of work that I do has grown over time. So. If you scroll through my IG way, way, way back, a lot of my work was a lot was about um, on nature. I did I used to do a lot of these postcard type things, where I drew about the rock climbing because I do rock climbing. I, I like to draw about rock climbing scenes in the Philippines. So the inspiration of that was something like Have you seen works on some national parks in the U.S.? So there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, something like Yosemite or Yellowstone. So oh, I wanted yeah. to do something like that, but, you know, uh, about places in the Philippines. So a lot of my works earlier on was about that, was about the sport of rock climbing and out- the outdoors, basically. But because of the pandemic, I haven't been in the outdoors that much. And so over the th- over time, my, my subject has changed. And it became a lot more surreal, a lot more introspective, I think, because um, I've been drawing basically a lot about feelings and conversations and occasional fan art on the cons- on the content that I consume. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. By the way, I kind of think saw some of your stuff that you were really into rock climbing and... Uh... <laughs> How did it start? Tell us about that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, When I was in university, I basically got fed up on my major. I got... There was a time that you get tired of art, you know, especially for someone like me who has been drawing since she was a kid. Of course, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to want to try something else. So, um... Right before I graduated, I started trying to f- look for more hobbies aside from drawing. And I wanted to get into sports because I wasn't really the sporty type. <laughs> and for some reason, I got I found wall climbing. So this was just in the gym. I tried wall climbing once and it was super addicting. I really liked it. And there came a time that I would do it like once and twice a week until it grew. I got out of the gym and actually climbing real rocks. And that led me, you know, being outdoors, it led me to more interests, which led to mountaineering, camping, uh, diving. And I would say that, you know, even there was a few years that I didn't draw at all. I just, you know, um, I was just doing all these hobbies, all these outdoor things. But now that I can't do them anymore, 
uh, I got back into art. I got back into illustrating. And for a time, these hobbies, these activities were the main focus of my illustrations. You said diving, right? Yes. And in your last post you uploaded, you it's about it's a, basically a shot of girls swimming with fishes around, and the caption is childhood yeah. fear. Yes. <laughs> so, so you try to overcome that. Yeah. Um, if you think about it, that photo was actually a, a swimming pool scene because with the floater and everything. Uh, when I was a kid, I do enjoy swimming in pools. But I've always been afraid of the deep parts. Uh, I always thought that there could be a shark or piranhas underneath, something like that, like what I drew. But when I was in college, uh, I forgot. I forgot about that and uh, got a taste of diving because it was my PE. It was my PE subject. You know, it was just a requirement in college, and. I went ahead and got it just to get that requirement over and done with. But then I actually liked it. Actually, I even got licensed as a scuba diver because I like it that much. <laughs> and I eventually, awesome. yeah, I eventually lost my fear of sharks because I was able to see a shark for the first time in in, in Apple Reef. It's called Apple Reef, and it was so beautiful, and I loved them so much. So yeah, um, instead of drawing sharks, I drew piranhas instead because I haven't really encountered them yet. <laughs> so I'm still quite afraid of them. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of scary stuff down in the waters. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Actually, um, I had the same fear as you. Like I don't have it that much because I'm because I'm like if I get dropped in the ocean, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna look down because if I'm if I'm gonna die, I'm just gonna close my eyes and just whatever happens happens. You know, just don't. Why would you suffer with the fear and anything? You know, you're basically screwed. You know, there's like huge whales and sharks, so don't think about it. But the thing yeah. is that after watching Pirates of Caribbean two when I was a kid, have you watched that movie? Yeah, I have watched it, but it's such a long time ago. I don't really remember it that much anymore. But here's the thing: I was going to swimming classes and. I think in the like the last two three sessions, it was yeah during mm-hmm. those times that I watched the movie and I'm the type of person that has like I'm a visual imaginative guy you know and I'm really good at that and it's actually kind of curse for me <laughs> because I was when I was like closing my eyes and swimming I would imagine myself in third person that with a kraken above me in the deep places of the pool and I'm like just zoom 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 and it's just this eerie feeling of just go 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 get away from there <laughs> you know yes yes I get what you mean especially with the Kraken thing actually if you scroll the, I actually drew something about that oh the green one right oh you love it yeah yeah the green one and oh, yeah. I think the, the caption is the caption is actually something reminiscent of just of what you just said, mm-hmm. which is Ooh, yes, on. exactly. Yeah, staying afloat, yeah. alone, afraid of what lingers below or above. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you can't see anything, you know, when you're, when you're in the ocean, and when you look down, you said you won't look down because you can't see anything. And mm-hmm. I think the part of not seeing anything is what's scary to me because you don't know what's down there. No, and that's then actually your official mind is gonna, you know, yeah. make up these fake scenarios for you. <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. And yeah. oh my god, yeah. oh, actually, it would be worse if you could see anything. Jesus, like there's giant octopuses. There actually are giant. They're not like crazy kraken type, you know, creatures. But they're like you know giant octopuses, like whales. You know, whales aren't monsters, rampaging creatures. You know, and there are also giant octopuses, but it's still scary as hell. And yeah, let's yeah. just. Actually, I, I, I drew a lot of octopuses. I really love them so much. I just really think that they're very elegant creatures. Yeah, With they're actually really smart. Creepiness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> Japanese ruined octopuses for everyone. Yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. All right. So, what technologies and softwares do you most use for your works? Sorry, can you repeat that? Uh, what technologies and softwares do you mostly use for your works? Like, do you, what kind of tablet oh. do you use? What softwares do you use? Right. Um, so, for my drawing, I actually have a really small setup with me because I like uh, working um, anywhere. So, I don't actually own a PC. I only own two things. I only own a laptop and an iPad. The iPad I only got recently. I used to work with just a small Wacom tablet, which is this tablet, this super old tablet. But then, um, as time goes on, I think you gotta keep up with the time. So I got it. I got an iPad Pro, and I use Procreate now, which has been super helpful for illustrations. I think when I got Procreate, I think that's when my illustrations started to level up a little bit. So I use Procreate for my illustrations, and then I would transfer it to my laptop for finishing touches on Photoshop. I did try to learn Vector for a bit, but I really cannot master <laughs> Adobe Illustrator. It is my weakness, I must admit. Actually, we're the reverse. I'm actually really good at Adobe Illustrator, but Photoshop is just... <laughs> I mean, of course, I'm a beginner at it, but because I just recently started. But yeah, it's just so many stuff in Photoshop get overwhelmed. <laughs> but Illustrator is actually pretty relatively easier than Photoshop. Like, no way, no. Oh man. Yeah, I think once you get into it, like, it's not that much. You just, yeah, let's let's move on because this also has a huge chunk of knowledge to to it. And all right. I would use it a little bit for graphic design, but for yeah, mm. illustrations. Oh, huge respect for people like you who can actually make something out of vector. <laughs> no, I mean it's like all right, I'm just gonna say this like, all right. Once you actually learn that, you're gonna feel the difference between raster work and you know vector work, because with mm -hmm. raster it's actually much more complicated. You know, there's so many factors you need to keep in touch with, control, but with Victor it's just, yeah. it's scalable as hell. I mean, you don't need to worry about much. <laughs> Once you get it right, it's over, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I get what you mean because with raster, you know, I, I do raster art and printing has always been my problem. Of course, people are going to be like, oh, can I get a print of this? And I'll be like, okay, yeah, sure. But only with this size. But then they're, they're going to ask, oh, but I want it in a 30 by 40 huge canvas. And I'm going to be like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, with, that's why I think, oh, man, if I only know how to use Vector, this wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you will soon. And My goal for this year. <laughs> awesome. You got yeah. six more months and two weeks to go. 
<sighs> you got time, don't worry. And all right, any advice and tips for a good portfolio and resume for artists? Okay. Uh, first of all, I would say that your portfolio should be tailored fit to the kind of projects that you like to work on. So when I was in advertising, I really, really wanted to take to have illustration gigs on the side, but no one would hire me, or not that no one would hire me, but I wouldn't get any projects. No one would like approach me to say, "Hey, can you draw for our movie poster, or can you draw for this?" Because my portfolio wasn't in line with that. When I send people my my portfolio, it's always about social media stuff, always graphic design stuff. So what I did when when I, when I sat down and um, established that okay, I really want to start getting illustration projects, and so I had to build a new portfolio from scratch, which is just all about illustrations. If you wanted to work on I don't know making album covers, then start making a portfolio on album covers, even if you have to make fake ones, even if you have to make. Um, fan-made ones, you know, make a pretend movie poster if you want to do illustrations for a movie poster or book covers. So, yeah, basically do the kind of work that you want to work on. That and I would say if you can, make a website. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of clients don't really open up PDF files anymore. You know, in, in, you know, in a few, few years back when they say, can you send us your, your portfolio, you would send like a PDF file or a slide of your works, right? But nowadays, clients just want to check out links. And so having a website is very helpful. But if you cannot build your own website, it's totally fine. There are a lot of alternatives. You can build a Behance. You can build a Dribble, or even Instagram. I actually got a lot of clients through my Instagram. International clients or local clients? Uh, a lot of them was local at first. But eventually, as it grew, I got a few international ones. So yeah, that's what that's what I would say with having portfolios. Have them online, so that you would send your client a link instead of a portfolio. That way, it's easier for them to open. Also, if your portfolio is online, it makes you so much more discoverable. Like a lot of people will just eventually find you and hit you up on your DMs or on your email, like. Hey, uh, I have a project for you. Are you game? So yeah. All right, awesome. And what are you working on right now that you can tell us about? What kind of project is it? Oh, so I am a freelance. I, I, I'm freelance artist. So I'm actually working on a lot of small things. So some of my projects right now are on branding, on packaging. Um, Actually, I have a sample here. This has been a recent, and I keep it because it's my first packaging ever. Something like this. Oh. Yeah. Chai, chai latte? What is it? Yeah, it's actually a coffee brand here in the Philippines. So oh, I have awesome. quite, I kept quite of the, some of the bottles just because I was so proud of doing packaging. I love packaging. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, um, some upcoming projects, some big things happening. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to... Uh, name names but I'm working on a few illustrations that would be put up as murals 
in a in a in a shopping mall here in the Philippines. So that's something that I'm excited about, and uh, something that I would probably be announcing soon. I'm not sure if I could announce it yet right now. Other than that, um, I'm getting into something new. So I do a lot of digital art, and because of that. I got invited by this um, NFT marketplace that is about to launch. Now, I've never actually got into crypto crypto art before, so this would be my first drop if ever. And this marketplace, it hasn't been launched yet. It's coming in in a few months. Uh, it's called Happy Place. So, yeah. All right, and. I just realized something, and for everyone who's listening, I also encourage you to check it out. If you go to our guest profile right now, which of course I'm going to tag and put it in the captions of, you know, everywhere, um, there's a thing that says artdrop.shop slash Diana, and how you can access it, there's a website link, dianautlang.com, which when you go there, there's also links to um, artdrop.ph in the highlights. On the in the left and when you go there what happens is amazing there are stuff for sale you know there are postcards there's yeah yeah basically what i'm going to try to say if you want to support artists you can do that even internationally so yeah that's it and yes. check it out and, yeah check it out i mean if if you want to decor your house and you know want to support the local artists if the theme of your house and decor matches with green orange or blue i mean you're missing out something buddy i mean i'm not saying yes all right, <laughs> all right. thank you and you're welcome and what area beside the area you're working on right now which is art and design would you be interested to explore and learn in the future i mean of course you you mentioned already that you're getting more outdoorsy or rock climbing, diving, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But imagine if you could have a second profession that it could also pay well and everything. What would that be? Oh, well, my dream job actually before, you know, since I was doing a lot of outdoor stuff, um, I wanted to, actually wanted to try working for an NGO before. Something like, you know, WWF something that was um, uh, environmental because mm -hmm. I think that's something that could merge my outdoor interests and my skill as an artist. Yeah, that's that, that's actually something I could see. By the way, when you said WWF, my mind went to World Wrestling Federation, <laughs> which was the previous... No, 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 not that, not that WWF. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And... Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to do that. I mean, once you can, you know, build a reputation for yourself as an artist locally or even internationally, you know, after a while, I mean, all it takes is just to be stay consistent and be active. And you can do a lot of stuff. Like, for example, last year, I, I'm in the summer right now, right? And in the quarantine, I was like, I want to do something, you know, I feel useless, you know? So actually, surprisingly, my, my coach's wife kind of commissioned me to do a, like a portrait of her dog for a t-shirt. And uh, I did, and Ooh. in and in the end, I said I don't want anything. I just as a payment, I, I could have charged like two hundred fifty liras, which is actually a relatively normal price for stuff like that. I do, 
But I said no, just donate hundred liras to animal shelter and just give me a beer. That's that was my payment, and I'm happy with that. And after that, she she got the idea that hey, maybe we could turn this into a charity. And we did. Long story short, um, we made we sold like hundred and eighteen t-shirts, which made like I think four thousand liras in profit for the charity. So I think with correct connections, like if you could, for example, get in touch with someone who is like locally influential in your area, you could say, hey, I'm an artist and I want to do a charity thing. And maybe you could, you know, we could do this together to get more impact. You know, it's always possible. There's a lot of ways yeah, to do that. Exactly like that. I wanted to do something that was um, for an advocacy. Because I think a lot of the art that I do right now is on marketing, you know, selling products or, or other than that, when I do illustrations, most of it is just something for fun, something to think about, you know. But I haven't really done something that's something for a cause, you know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, and... I guess that's something that I wanted to get into. All right. Wish you the best in that. And <laughs> Thank well... you. With everything that's been said and done to conclude always discussed, give us a roadmap for someone who is zero in visual arts and wants to get to the place you are in terms of skill set. Um, like, what what steps should they take to get there? Like, what are the main steps that someone should take as a someone who's zero in visual arts? And I mean, we've, I've seen your artworks. Um, like, for example, in the Eternal Female series, like the line works just looks. Oh. Looks, looks really good. Like it, it really shows that someone who draws knows, like, has a good understanding of the fundamentals and basically the line works. And there's also the color theory, which we discuss. So, for some, how? So basically, what I'm trying to say, explain to us how did you, what steps did you took to get good at fundamentals and you know, okay. all of that. Right. Okay. So I guess. My journey was pretty much technical because I did go to art school, you know. So I had to I had to learn all of that, all that um, figure drawing, color theory type of thing. But I would say that not people who want to be artists don't have don't necessarily have to go through that. It doesn't have to be a very technical thing. You don't really have to learn about art in such a very um, structured manner. I would say that when I was young, I just did it because it was super fun. And uh, there was a year, I think it was around 2012, that I noticed that my skill really leveled up significantly simply because my goal then was to fill up four sketchbooks, sketch pads, yeah. So I used to I used to buy these very cheap sketch pads with like 50 pages, and in a year, I filled it up. I filled four of those. So basically, I sketched almost every day and filled up 200 pages of paper, just drawing and drawing and drawing. And that's basically how you get those um, very uh, fine lines. Um, I think a lot of it is just muscle memory. Like everything else, it's basically just doing it again and again. And it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't really have to be good at first. The point is just to get your hand, um, just get your hand to be familiar with the skill. So, skill is one thing. Another thing is training your eye. So, I would say, apart from practicing drawing, you should also know, you should also try to acquire that creative eye. You should also be able to tell 
what kind of art is actually good. And the only way to do that is to consume a lot of content, try to look up art, a lot of artists, and pick out the artists that you like. Pick out the kind of artists that you like. And that's basically where you're going to get your style from. But of course, our style is, not, is also not important at first, really. So um, yeah, a lot of it is just draw, um, being consistent. You know, like, of course, like any other skill, if you do it consistently, you are going to get good at it. So, yeah, try to set um, a personal goal. You could be like me. You could try to fill out as many sketchpads as you can. Or you could be like this artist called, what's what's his name? Be- Beeple. A Beeple. Have you heard yeah. of Beeple? Yeah, yeah of, of course you know Beeple. He, did, he drew something every day for 15 years yeah, 13 years or something was it 13 years yeah 15, I think it was 13, 13 15 years. years something like that but the point is it was a lot of years it was a lot of days it was a lot of illustrations and you could see that he wasn't actually a good artist at first but after drawing every day for so many years look at him now <laughs> yeah well, I think we've reached the end of this episode and thank you so much for coming by and where can people contact you if they had a question? Uh, you could visit my Instagram and my, my DMs are always open and uh, my email and website is also could also be found there. So yeah, just search Diana Utlang at Instagram and you can reach me there. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming by. And thank you for everyone who tuned in and listened. And see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much.